Welcome back to another episode of Bold Blind Beauty on Air. Bold Blind Beauty on Air is clearing the air for more air, accessibility, inclusion, and representation. I'm Stephanie McCoy. I'm Nazreen Buddha. And I'm Sylvia Stenson Perez. And we are your co-hosts. Webster's Dictionary defines an ally as a person, group, or nation associated or united with another in a common purpose. Today, Bold Blind Beauty on Air is thrilled to introduce you to a mainstream ally who is leading the way with his belief in accessibility, inclusion, and representation. During our conversation with our guest, you'll learn how one phone call created positive change that will benefit many. So today we are so excited to have with us Emmy Award-winning producer Rudy Gaskins. Rudy is the CEO and Executive Creative Director of Push Creative Inc., a branding services company providing strategic marketing design and production for broadcast and cable networks. Clients include Fox News Channel, BET, American Express, Spike TV, ABC Television, and more. Rudy is also a co-founder of the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences, also known as SOVOS. And we're going to be talking about voice arts with a specific focus on audio description. Rudy, it is such a pleasure to have you here with us today to share your passion for the voice arts. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Can you give our listeners a crash course on exactly what is voice arts? Absolutely. Well, you know, actually, you are the first person in eight years since the inception of the voice arts to ask this question, which I find very interesting. It says something, says something really cool about you and your insight, uh, because most folks took it for granted. Uh, but basically, voice arts pertains to all voice work that involves the genres that fall under the voice acting umbrella. And there are many, audiobooks, commercials, animation, and of course, audio description, which we're gonna talk about more soon. But it also looks at professional speech and where any sort of training and honing is required, for example, with TED Talks and spoken word poetry and even singing. So this term voice arts came out of our exploration to find the right name for an award that would encapsulate these many genres. And as a result, and this included a few casual focus groups, let me call them, uh, where we pass these uh, ideas around, we stumbled upon voice arts as the best way to encapsulate it all. It sort of won the day. And then we had to look and see if we could uncover whether it was being used anywhere else. To our amazement, it wasn't. No one was using this term. And so we acquired uh, a U.S. federal trademark for the term. So the meaning of voice arts, which I just described, officially came into being with the trademark and the definition of voice arts as it exists in that trademark. Rudy, that is really interesting. So tell me, how would a person become a voice artist? What exactly is the process? Well, the answer to that question is, is really a conversation, but... The short answer is, number one, train with a highly credible voice acting coach until you can embody your readiness to compete in the marketplace. So you want to come to a point of self-empowerment about your skills. Then you create a professional recording setup 
that's on par with what buyers and talent agents will require for you to audition and record work from home. From there, you'll develop a demo reel with voice samples, and you'll develop some marketing materials, which enable you to reach out to talent agents and buyers, and frankly, other facilitators who can make a difference in your career. The fourth piece would be with your training and your recording setup and your marketing materials in hand to seek out talent agency representation, while at the same time, working on your own relationships with potential buyers. From there, you're sort of launched. But in, in a sense, voice acting is, is like swimming. You can't learn by asking questions and watching other people do it. At some point, you have to get in the water. Rudy, that is fascinating to me. I really didn't think about the whole recording of audiobooks as part of the voice acting as well. And I'm sure you realize that people who are visually impaired and blind, many of us also enjoy audiobooks. I have to say that sometimes when you download an audiobook, you might not, you might abandon that book because the audio or the, the voice acting isn't catching you. It's just not uh, grabbing you. So that audio, that voice acting for, for audiobooks is also really, really an important thing. So very interesting. And today we're kind of picking your brain on the subject of audio description, because yet another thing is that for people who are visually impaired and blind, for us to truly access visual content, whether it be movies or television or sporting events and so much more, audio description can play all the difference. And good audio description is just really critical for the enjoyment of that process. So you have this new award for that. What mm -hmm. is your nomination process for that? How do you decide who gets nominated? Well, the, uh, there are six judges that are assigned to each entry so that we have a score from those judges from one to 10 on each of those entries. Each of the judges are coming from the world of audio description. They are professionals in the different categories that we uh, are, are bringing forward. And uh, they have a first and second round where they score these entries. The first one brings, determines the five nominees in each category. And the second round determines the winner uh, of the five nominees. And all of this is behind the scenes and no one, no, no winner is revealed, revealed until we reach the gala and we announce those winners live on stage. So the, the process is first you submit your work. So you'd have to set up an account at sovas.org. There's a button there when you go to sovas.org that says enter 2021 awards. You set up an account, you choose the work that you want to upload. And that's uh, for audio description. That would be a five minute up to five minutes that you can submit. And you just basically look for the piece of your work that you feel is the most compelling, the most representative of the overall quality that you provided on that particular program. Uh, once that's been uploaded, it's in the judge's hands. Audio description is a really interesting thing. And do, is it this only in the United States or is it, is it international? Oh, it's, it's international. So for audio description, it only includes English-speaking uh, mm -hmm. voice actors, but the Voice Arts Awards is international. We do have a number of categories in Spanish, Portuguese, and Arabic 
And there's one international category, which is body of work, where a voice actor can submit the range of work that they've done over a lifetime. And for that, we include the top 12 most spoken languages in the world. I ask that because I have heard that audio description, the way it's done, it actually varies the focus from possibly country to country. Some countries are more focused on the emotional content of the audio description. Others are very literal, et cetera. So I think it's an interesting um, thing. That's why it's really important to have judges who are coming from various backgrounds. Uh, You know, we we talk about accessibility and inclusion and representation. Mm -hmm. That's so important with these awards because Mm -hmm. of just that kind of issue. Mm -hmm. And you need to make sure that someone in the room understands that this work may be stellar. And uh, even though it may not be as emotional as, as another work where the choice was made to keep things on more of an even keel. Cody, I understand that there will be three audio description categories on the ballot for this year's voice art ceremonies, which will be held in December. Has audio description historically have been included in these awards? Can you tell us what the categories might be? Sure. So this is the first year that audio description is being included in the voice arts awards. And the, uh, the categories are audio description for TV and film, audio description for theater and live events, and audio description for museums and cultural sites. This year, the categories focus on the narrator, but production companies, directors, writers, producers, and audio engineers are all eligible if they are credited on the nominated work. That means those people would also be eligible for awards and certificates and plaques if they, if they were to choose to purchase them, but you have to be credited on the work. Next year, we will open up these same three categories individually for writers, producers, and directors. I love that last category you were mentioning about museums and such. I think that it's good for them to include that as well, too. That's important. Yes, I agree with you. And it's, it's, it's all so very new to me. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kind of giddy about this whole thing because uh, <laughs> it's, it's just it's interesting work. It, it takes so much talent and skill to do this work. And then it's providing such a wonderful service for people who are of low vision and, and blindness. And I enjoy watching programs. Now, I'm a, I'm a sighted viewer, and I use audio description now only because it's been brought to my attention and I'm learning about it. And so sometimes I watch programs using it. And uh, there's a benefit because you hear a lot about what the writer is thinking that you wouldn't other- otherwise understand, even from the performances. So I'm one who has written screenplays, and a lot of the description I write is for the producer and for the director to think about, but it's, there's the expectation that all of that will be fulfilled visually. But as I watch programs with audio description, I realize that a lot goes on that, uh, in that description that's valuable information that doesn't necessarily come through what you're watching. Absolutely. And you know what? That helps us really appreciate what we're looking at, what we're watching, what what, uh, is being presented to us. We love being included. We love that feeling of inclusivity. So great job, great work. And I I love including you and I love inclusion (laughs) in that we all should be including people like that. I've been been meeting new friends and and just exploring points of view about things, about life, about, about sighted versus 
you know, unsighted and blindness and all these questions are just really opening up a new world for me. And I know it will do that for other people as they learn about this inclusivity and start to ask, what does it all mean? You are such an ally for us. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing to help unify people who are sighted and blind by including us. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Um, It's also very exciting that this is going to be the first year that audio description is going to be part of the voice arts ceremony in December. Along with that, this year, another big thing that happened was at this year's Oscars. We made history with the first African-American woman to take on the role of a live announcer. That's right. That was uh, Afi Ekulona. And not only was she the first woman, but she's the first African-American ever to take on the Oscars. That is so wonderful. And it brings to mind the question, how can diversity be increased among voice artists? Not only as it relates to race and gender, but also to include people who are blind or have low vision. How can we increase diversity in this area? Yeah, I I think it is happening. But for everyone that's involved or who's on any level in the process of making these choices, you have to push back wherever you see a situation that is lacking an awareness of diversity and inclusion and stand up to it by pointing to the opportunity for positive change, for inclusion. And it's, it's not to beat people back because they did something wrong. It's to open, pe- to open people up to the opportunity to do something that's actually more fulfilling for everyone. So push back. Don't be afraid. Audio description is now part of the Voice Arts Awards because Roy Samuelson made a phone call and asked that we consider it. So it wasn't a big battle. We hadn't been thinking about it. We were, we were in the dark until he made that phone call. There's no longer any reason to fear calling injustice out at any level from the top down in any company or organization. We have to keep calling it out until there's no need to call it out. Just don't be afraid. Exactly. And to your point, Rudy, unless a specific injustice affects us individually in some way, many of us are unaware of what we don't know. So up until that point when Roy made that call, you didn't know. But now that you do, to your credit, you are taking a stand and you're doing the right thing. So once again, thank you so much. You're welcome. So Rudy, in conclusion, what would be your advice for someone who is blind or has low vision as to how they might choose voice art as a career path? Right. Well, there are people who are doing and doing it wonderfully. Satana Howery and Pete Gustin are extraordinary examples. And they aren't just doing it, you know, they're not just doing work that somehow caters to their disability. They're showing that they can do the same top level, high quality work for Fortune 500 companies with the same level of skill as sighted people. And both of them have taken home voice arts awards in categories competing with sighted voice actors. So I would say, look to those who are doing it as proof that it can be done. Then start on your path, however that, however that might go for you, whatever shape it might take, knowing that there are solutions to all the potential impediments that would seem to hold you back. You'll find your way. That's excellent advice, Rudy. So how might our listeners get in touch with you? 
Well, if they want to reach me directly, my email is rudy, R-U-D-Y, at sovas.org. And do you have any socials where they can follow Sovas? Uh, yeah, we're all over social media. So Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, you will find Society of Voice Arts and Sciences. The name may change a little bit. I think on Instagram, for example, it may be called uh, Society Voice Arts. And, uh, but if you, if you put in Society of Voice Arts, it's going to come up on any of those uh, social media accounts, as will my name. Wonderful. Thank you so much for spending time with us this afternoon, Rudy, and helping us to gain an understanding of the voice arts and about audio description, and specifically as it relates to the award ceremony that's going to happen in December. Is there any final words that you have for our listeners? Uh, well, just I'm happy to be speaking with all of you. Uh, I'm really thrilled to be learning about and becoming a part of this community. And there's so much more that we can do. And I want to be right on the front line making those things happen. At BoldBlindBeauty.com, we sell a message of empowerment, acceptance, and hope conveyed through our fashion icon, Abby. Our mission is to improve humanity by changing the way we perceive one another. When you shop our online store, you support our mission and projects such as this podcast. The Blind Chicks with Attitude Racerback Tank is soft, lightweight, and form-fitting with a flattering cut and raw edge seams for an edgy touch. An Abbey Trio is front and center. Directly under the trio is the slogan with the word attitude in non-tactile braille. For full product details, please visit bowblindbeauty.com. Next up, Sylvia Nazarene and I reflect on our conversation with Rudy. Steph and Nazarene, that was really interesting. I am so excited that a mainstream company that gives out awards is interested in audio description and the impact that voice arts makes on people with blindness and low vision. I just think that's so exciting. And Rudy's dedication to people who are blind and giving us that accessibility is just powerful. I think people often wonder, do people who are blind watch TV, read books? How do we do that? But many of us enjoy movies, television shows, going to museums, sporting events, going to the theater, and we can only truly enjoy those if there's high quality audio description associated with it. For many years, we just had to depend on our, our spouse, a friend to provide audio description. Yeah, I love going to the museum, Sylvia, and stuff. And so when I go, some of the artifacts and things that are sort of further away that you can't feel and touch, then it's kind of Selena Reed Reed placard, what's going on. So every time we walk around, she's always reading like a tour guide. Sometimes she gets them, sometimes she misses them. And you don't absorb everything. Love to be able to absorb it myself and just 
taken that experience like I once used to. So I totally get you where that's concerned uh, when you mentioned that, Sylvia, because I absolutely love doing that. I love going to cultural shows and museums. There are some TV shows that I do watch. And now when I can get them in audio description mode, it's so much more enjoyable knowing what's happening. The facial features or someone sli- you know, slithering out of the room or, or a, cock- a half-cocked smile or turn of their head it's so great to see what the actual scene is now totally like with the with including the audio description i think that's really helps take tv watching to a new level and i absolutely love that it makes it more enjoyable i remember watching a favorite tv series i found out that it the first season was audio described so i got all excited i'm like oh yeah and I started listening to this and it was done with a synthetic voice. I tried so hard to watch it because, and I kept telling myself, Steph, this is your favorite show. You like this show. I could not take it. I, cu- I couldn't, I just could not do it. Personally, I prefer a human voice any day of the week as um, in comparison with a synthetic voice. Um, especially if you have to listen to a synthetic voice all day, and especially when you're making phone calls to companies and they have synthetic voices. <laughs> <answering calls>. I mean, <laughs> don't even get me started with that. I just want to hear a human. And, and you know, Steph, the quality, like you guys were both saying, is so important too. On audio description day, I convinced my husband to watch a show with me. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not a TV viewer. I'm not a movie goer. I am a book reader. So I convinced my husband on Audio Description Awareness Day, let's watch a show. And I told him, I want you to not look. Well, we picked a show when it was one of those home and garden TV shows. (laughs) We lasted five minutes. He had no idea what was going on because the description was really really sad it was so sad and I had a little bit more idea what was going on than him because I'm just used to not having you know having to figure it out but still it didn't describe what needed to be described those important elements and I think that's so important and when when Rudy talks about the awards is that there are things that are important and that's what we need to know when we hear this audio description. Yeah, Sylvia, I totally agree with you. I think voice matters and we all hear differently. And therefore I agree with stuff too. The human voices are very necessary. The synthetic voices, no, they don't do anything and they displease us. They turn us away from having to experience those things, whether it's a book, whether it's a movie, uh, you know, art, whatever it is, it has to be human voices because that's what we appreciate. That's what we all, we enjoy listening to when we talk to each other. I mean, I'm sorry guys, but (laughs) neither of you sound like a synthetic voice to me right now. So why would I want to have one in my ear all the time reading certain things? I would like to have a human voice just like the ones I'm speaking to right now. Right. 
And when they work, it's fabulous. But when they Mm -hmm. don't, it's horrible. I remember I went to NASA last year and they had, I was all excited because they had an app. So I had my headphones with me and the app had audio description to describe the different, you know, areas within the the facility, the, the displays. And I thought, oh, this is so cool. And my friend that was with me, she's like, oh, this is really nice. I won't have to describe for you. But unfortunately, I don't know if it was a glitch or, you know, what was going on that day, but the technology wasn't working and she ended up having to do the descriptions for me anyway. But the nice thing about it when it does work is that it does give us that independence so that we can enjoy entertainment fully on our own without having to rely on a friend or a family member or, you know, maybe some random person (laughs) telling us, us, you know, what's happening. And I don't know if people understand, but when you go to the movies, because people will look our way when I go to movies with Uh my friends, which I haven't done since COVID, but But pre-COVID, I would always walk in, of course, with my white cane. And I know that, you know, I would get the stares like, how is she going to watch the movies? Well, I would get my little device that has a headset and it would describe for me, you know, the, the audio track in between the lines of dialogue, those visual elements so that I could understand what was happening in the movie along with my friends that I was with. So that's how a blind person can enjoy a movie or really anything for that matter that has it. So Steph, I want to just share with anyone out there who's listening, who maybe needs to provide some audio description for someone who's visually impaired, where it's not available, some tips. And I think the first and foremost important tip is to ask the person who's asking you to describe for them, what is important to them? What do they want to know? Because as I mentioned, you some of us pick up different things better than other things. And we also have information we prefer to get. Some people prefer to get the really nonverbal, emotional type information, like facial expressions. Others want to know all of the things about what people are wearing. So ask the person, what kind of information do you want? And then the key is to provide that when there's a pause in the audio, because we can get information from the audio. So you talk between that. And sometimes that's hard to do, but that's any other tips you ladies have about If someone's going to provide you audio description, whether that be in a museum, an art gallery, a sporting event, a theater. I think that's really good advice. Audio description is really just a form of adaptation. And when we think about, you know, the misconceptions where blind blindness and the capabilities of blind people, we're able to fully enjoy nearly anything and everything that everybody else can. We just do it a little bit differently. Yeah. And I'd also add that when you're helping them, make sure that, you know, you are directing to them, not the entire room to enjoy (laughs) the audio description with you. So please share this and ask your friends to subscribe and follow us and join us for our next podcast on Bold Blind Beauty on air.
Thanks for listening, everyone.